0: (laughs) Hey, uh, I'm Ed from Devil's Solid
1: Soul. And I'm Paul from Devil's Solid Soul, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire.
2: All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another new edition of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, Sonny, this time along with the vocal duo of Ed Gibbs and Paul Green. Quite the honor. Thank you both so much for joining our podcast today on IUF. You know, this is an important yet exciting time coming up here in the month of April for you and the rest of the guys over at Devil Soul to Soul with the release of your long-awaited fourth Studio album, Loss. Drops April 9th on Nuclear Blast Records. Now, I just want to say, you know, congratulations on all of the well-deserved recognition it's been getting so far, especially with the singles Beyond Reach, The Narcissist, and Burden. Shout out to Kerrang for praising the work you guys have put out. And there's just so much to discover about this unique release, but before we get to that, I was talking to Paul before the interview started. I'm going to ask a very important question to start things off. How are you guys, man? How's life in the UK? I think that's an important one to ask. It's a simple one, but an important one. You know, how have you guys been in the last year since we've been removed the, from the whole live concert experience?
1: It's been attritional. The attrition is strong. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're basically just coming, coming towards the beginning of the end of our third lockdown. Not for so, um the yeah, hopefully it's the beginning of the end. Um, but yeah, it's it's starting to look a bit better. Um, it's been tough. I mean, the, it's been. I mean, I know the US has had it bad as well. Obviously, as a lot of people died and stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, we've been we've kind of been in this stay-at-home state for quite a long time, and yeah. I just miss people. I miss that
0: interaction. Oh um, yeah, the whole year we've been locked away really. We haven't been able to see anyone. i neither no, no one's seen anyone else in the band this uh, this year. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if, uh, you guys saw like Texas opened everything up in the last couple of weeks and everything's kind of just flipped on its head. Like nobody has to wear masks anymore. And I'm, and this is spring break. This is the worst time for it to happen. So, uh, we like, we, I won't be surprised if we shut things down again in a week or two. So, and And I'm already up. Yeah. And I'm already immune compromised. My family's in the same way. So we're kind of just, I don't know, man, but here we are doing what we love now, you know, obviously life as of late. You know, many of us have have been away from the stage a lot. You know, fans and musicians alike. But how are you guys both keeping up your vocals these days? Is that eff- is that you know affecting <laughs> your musicianship? Has anything changed for your routine wise lately, if at all? <laughs> well, like I've heard of the album nonstop, and I'm like, holy shit, these guys have picked up where they
0: left off. <laughs> well, we practiced a lot in, in in the lead up to recording that record, and I think I can speak for both of us when I say, we've not been able to sing or scream no. since then so we need to put in a lot of work before we actually I, I do I basically
1: sing at my little boy every day he gets a new song every day and that's about the only way I keep my vocals going but I do not scream at him so it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh I think I, I'm gonna have to learn how to scream again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, you, and, you know, with Devil Soul to Soul, you know, uh, you guys have been around since 2004. And, I mean, both of you have been at it for nearly 20 years, maybe even longer than that. Of course, there were lineup changes between the you 2 But I want to ask, you know, how was the touring like for you both personally? Because you guys have played at, you know, numerous U- European festival appearances, including Summer Breeze with Full Force, Headline and Download Festival. You guys have played with Cult of Luna, Architects, Norma Jean, Under Oath. I mean, the list goes on. And now we've all been taking an unexpected step back. And does it make you both have a growing appreciation of the touring life looking back
1: yeah i miss, I nice miss some of the, yeah exactly <laughs> I, I miss some of the simple things um i think touring life for me is like i love playing the shows obviously but i love seeing places um yeah. one of the big things for like going out to central europe for example going to like germany and stuff and just hanging out with the guys and just having a having a schnitzel and a beer or whatever in a pub afterwards it's just you miss that and just doing it in another in another country where it's just different it's, you know that, that change in life day-to-day while you're on tour is such a unique thing I don't think many people will experience if they haven't done it themselves
0: yeah, yeah of course you hang out with your friends so that's yeah. like the big thing really isn't it that like it is sort of universal to everyone whether it be touring or just general life just hanging yeah. out with your friends that's the best bit
2: Yeah, I mean, Ed, I think you put it perfectly, you know, with just the simple things, just hanging out with friends, you know, just going outside, simple things like that, and now a very popular topic that's within the last year, I know you guys have seen this, a lot of bands have been doing live streaming, they're taking what they're doing on stage and doing it on the screen like we're doing right now, obviously these interviews would be in person, (laughs) but, you know, we've had bands like Insomnium on their show, we've had Lamb of God on the show, August Burns Red, they talked about their live experiences, how, you know, they would sell virtual tickets to the fans, something like that, and they would stream it for them so let me ask you about this because considering the amount of touring you've done the amount of uh, artists you played with the amount of people you met the fans do you think that the pandemic you know like the quarantined induced live streaming surge that we're seeing right now from all these artists is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward through your perspective like do you still see bands i don't know doing something like this even after all this is over
1: i don't reckon i mean it depends if once it's over i don't think so um I, I, there's something we won't we won't do it ourselves because we just don't vibe off it and i think one of the big things for being in a band is like vibing up the crowd and getting that feedback from them yeah like you just i just miss that and you know, we've spoken about doing them and you know a couple of, a couple of us are just like it's not for me um i don't think anything will ever replace the live show and i think people in a year maybe maybe longer for like international stuff um it's going to go back to normal People will hopefully put us behind them and we can just enjoy being in a room together sweating and <laughs> spilling beer over each other
2: uh that's good because i've been washing in my room for the last year i'm ready to get nice. out <laughs> cool,
1: <man>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's always curious to there's no right or wrong answer to what i just asked because yeah, yeah. you know there's bands who could say like yeah i would love to do live streaming it gives me a chance to engage with my fans and some bands would say oh i'm not doing anything and i'll tell this is over but there's always that uncertainty going forward. You do the live streaming, right? But now how much more creative can you get? Well, that's and, the thing. I
0: think, I think bands like Architects have done such an amazing job of it that it's sort of, yeah. t- you can't even really compete, I don't think. So it's it's kind of almost, why bother? Not why bother, that sounds lazy. But I mean, it's it's hard to um to better anything like that. And especially when you're on a really sort of limited budget, I suppose. Because um, it needs to look amazing, it needs to look cinematic, it needs to look, like, filmic, and it that that doesn't come cheap, I suppose. And uh, you always, it's, it's, a, it's a big old investment, that's, that's yeah. all I
1: suppose. Huge. Yeah,
0: and, and you put it pretty
2: nicely right there, that's that's the best way to sum it up. Now, I know we guys, I, you know, we talked about everything from head to toe, let's talk about that fourth album, Loss. Uh, comes out April 9th on Nuclear Blast Records. Uh, good God. Um, Follow-up to the 2012's Empire of Light. Well worth the wait. If there's a comeback album of the year, this is it. It was a decade mm. in the making, which includes the first record for Devil Soul to Soul with the v- dual vocal attack. The chemistry you two have formed with each other is nothing short of remarkable. So I have to ask you this: out of the two of you, who's the most serious and who's the most relaxed?
0: <laughs> uh, think Take a shot at each other on this one. I think it <laughs> depends on what mood you catches in. I it could changes. be
1: quite a serious dude in some ways because like I don't know I just I do a lot of the management for the band so I probably have a bit more of a, a worry going on yeah and <laughs> the so there's,
0: yeah. there's times when they're writing on songs they have to shut up yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, Shut up, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's okay it. I think uh, we we inhabit the role that the other one isn't. <laughs> At any yeah. Given point. <laughs> yeah. You
2: know, when when I heard this album, it was just the perfect blend of earth-shattering riffs and soaring melodies. You can talk about post-hardcore, post-metal, metalcore. It those are like almost like genres that you have pretty much redefined, so to speak. Like I was telling Paul earlier, it reminded me of bands like Listener and Architects and Defeater and More Than Life from songs like Ardor, like it just, that song threw me right into the fire, like did not let me go until the very last song from Burden to the Narcissist, the Signifier, Signifier to the title track. It had such a unique take to add to your impressive catalog. And it's as good as it gets. It was very ethereal, very emotional, very atmospheric. Um, Okay. I'm going to stop talking right now because I'm going to go on forever (laughs) about this gem of an album, but it's so good
1: to hear it. Like um, we, we've only had like a couple of reviews back and, to actually hear people talk about it, and it's validating. It really means yes. a lot. You know, I mean, we've
0: uh, done it for nine months now, finished. And it's, it's, now, now yeah, let pretty-
1: me
2: let me ask you this. You know, Considering you talked about nine months, how much did things change from when you guys first started composing on this album to where you ended up finishing it? Did a lot change in between? Did nothing change in between? Was there already a specific sound you guys knew you wanted with Loss?
1: I think the sound wise, it's kind of, it took its course quite naturally. Um, I'd say like our lives, which, uh, you know, we've written about quite heavily on it have got better. Um, You know, people have been going through some really, really tough times during this process. And from day one with our drummer, Alex, uh, losing his mum really unexpectedly to to where we are now, I think everyone's in the best place. Obviously lockdown has been quite trying, but um, you know, it's nothing worse than losing a loved one, especially to someone that close. So I, I don't know. We, I guess musically it was a journey, but it, uh, personally and emotionally it was more of a journey than the music.
2: Yeah. Ed, Ed did you want to add anything to that?
0: Uh, just maybe the, uh, when we went like in terms of uh, writing the songs, I guess as a band, we didn't really have a specific um, MO with it, I guess we just, went at it the same way that we've always gone at it from sort of day one and that's just it's just appeasing ourselves that's all I suppose and, as, as, and I think as we were sort of gathering more songs you kind of start to get an idea of where maybe we need to, what sort of moods we need to pick up with the other songs which maybe like drives where we go later on and not in terms of like linearly but as we were writing songs drove where we sort of maybe went so uh, just trying to think where what, how it sort of went, but um, they, I remember definitely towards the end, it was like, We still need a song to finish this record, we haven't got yeah. that, that song yet. And yeah. um, Paul and Rick had been working on something, and um, the second I heard it, I was like, Well, that's that's it, that's the last song. And we started like arranging it together, like putting some simple, um, yeah, just simple arrangement together, sending it back to the guys, Johnny picking it up, and it really just went through all of us. Um, in terms of like, it it, it it started with just Paul with a vocal idea, Rick then took the baton and and, uh, and uh, started uh, just putting piano and stuff to it, and then I picked it up and started like just arranging it in terms of like how the sections would go, and then Johnny picked it up and just re really took it through to the end, and it was it was really nice yeah, how that evolved, and then suddenly it was like, hey, we've got the fucking closer now, haven't we?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I was, you know, speaking of Johnny, you mentioned him. Johnny Renshaw, for people who don't know,
2: it was recorded, engineered, and mixed by your own guitars, Johnny, in his UK-based Bandit Studios. I'm sure there was a sense of comfortability in the studio for you both and for the rest of the band, knowing yeah. that Johnny was working on this record inside and out, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've worked in, I've been in quite a lot of studios with other bands, etc., and done stuff, but nobody pushes you harder and uh, to get the right stuff than Johnny does, which is like... You know, if he was if he was in the band or not, we- he's the right person. He 100 percent is, but because he knows the songs super super well and has that emotional connection
0: with he the knows album, which it sounds like, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. And he knows me and Paul like obviously really well. He's been a close mate of mine for coming up to yeah. two decades now. So it, it, recording vocals is such like an intimate thing. So it's quite a scary thing to do. So to be able to do that with your friend. Is it makes it so much easier, but also knowing that that friend is <laughs> a at, punisher, yeah, <laughs> in the band, yeah. At, yeah. At, at, um, like that's not good enough. It's like,
2: oh, I think it is. It's like it's not. Like, no I think, way. I think, I think it's important to have someone that say that says it's not good enough. You know, yeah, no matter how definitely. close or far they are, it's like you have to, have to have someone pushes you out. That's why I wanted to learn about the production because it was so polished. It was. I feel like metal albums are one of the hardest records to actually produce, and yeah. Johnny did it. To perfection. Like it, it kind of just, you could tell that it was in his nature to create something like this, let alone play in the band. Yeah, now, he's really, you know, he's
0: really managed to get the whole sort of uh, natural feel with it still sounding like a modern uh, metal record. Like the drums still sound like real drums, but they've got all the smack and power that you'd expect from like a more sort of. Oh, good God, yes. <laughs> so he, he's really managed to straddle these two opposing forces and pull them together into this just amazing mix. It's awesome.
2: You now you know between writing and structuring the songs and the production process, like you just talked about, I'm gonna throw a lyric at you. Maybe I could find the sense of peace. Now that's the that <laughs> that is the one lyric that stuck with me throughout the entirety of the album. is from the oh, first cool. song, Ardor, and it kind of set the tone. Now the lyricism surrounding Devil Sold His Soul to Soul in this record deals a great narrative of personal loss, grief, and the process of healing. It touches on mental health and anxiety. At a time like now, I feel like this couldn't have been a more fitting album to put out. It li- really resonated with someone like me, who also deals with mental health, and I've ha- I've lost a few people in this last year alone. And of course, the fans on YouTube. I don't know if you've seen the comments on fans. They have connected with the songs in, like, in a whole different dimension that maybe they had never predicted. Now, of yeah. course, you talked about the band's loss of family members. Uh, your own issues on mental health. And Paul, you said it yourself, the songs were a catharsis. They also allowed us to communicate the things that we found hard to speak in person. Uh, They're a snapshot in time to help us remember the ones we've loved and lost. So let me just round it out. I know I'm I'm building things up here. Let me just round it out to this uh, topic of a question. To what level do you guys like to have a theme for your music and how important are themes to you? Is that more about helping you write or sound, or is that more for the audience? Because a lot of artists they don't really care about themes; they just do ten songs in the studio, and that's it. But I felt like with Lost, you guys really, you guys really took it from the inside out and and put a lot of hard work and dedication to connect with the fans as well as yourselves. I mean, that's just I, I'm one of millions, but uh, I would love to get your take on that.
0: I think because early it was it was really when we started writing the record that that Alex lost his mum, and we we've obviously like known his family for for years just because all of our parents have just been like the biggest support to us like the whole time and so uh, we we've we've known everyone and we know how devastating that that was for for Lex and because it happened so early it was really just like it it framed the whole writing of the record be it thematically or quite like literally in terms of he was in the studio with us writing songs and he was he was grieving like really obviously grieving Mm -hmm. and I think it just it just it really made it really obvious that that's where we needed to start and that's how we needed to approach it as a catharsis for everything just trying to just I guess ironically
1: it's the it's the the last track that we wrote about it's the last song Um, and it's the last one we finished but it's I think it, it was the last song as well because it needed most work in terms of detail and attention but the whole album we there was a lot I'd say a lot went on in that time a lot there was it wasn't just Alex's mum that passed there was several people and another other things that happened um we had a, a, a wealth a, a pool of <laughs> sadness really to pull up all this <laughs> stuff from and um and it it kind of as you know, we didn't set out necessarily to write every song about that and we didn't there's a couple of tracks on there that are kind of a little bit different like the narcissist for example they that's again it is about stuff that's happened in the last couple of years but it's not about loss and sadness etc and uh, grief but we like to we like to pull stuff from our own lives and I think it's important that we do that because it's sincere and having sincerity and that catharsis that when you write a track it adds more to it you can make it feel and just be more than just a a manufactured track that you've done just to fill a a one to ten slot
0: and i think if you if you if you sing more about sort of um i don't know like feelings and stuff without putting anything too like uh, writing too literally about how what you're feeling about and stuff it does make the songs quite a lot more relatable i think because people can take the, the same things that you're feeling and apply them to like things that they're feeling the same way about you know what i mean it's not like it's not like you you've outlined this very specific situation that you're in because that makes it completely unrelatable in many respects because that's your situation and that's that's like your life but if you sing about sort of how that's making you feel that really uh I, i think people can really relate to that um yeah i'm gonna throw you guys a bone here because
2: before this interview started, uh, within the last what twelve hours, I saw this quote that really stuck with me, and I don't know if this was just divine intervention, but something that I I read this. I'm gonna pass it on to you guys. We don't move on from grief; we we move forward with it. Yeah. And when I read that, I'm like, that's wow. It. That's. Uh, I mean, that couldn't have have just the the connection I had with that statement. I don't know where it's from. I read it somewhere online. One of my I think I scrolled through Facebook. Some of my one of my friends posted it, and at a time like now, I felt like Wow, that's a very powerful statement, yeah, I think that, I that just rounds it out. Awesome. To, really similar yeah, to
1: that. It. it's really similar to one in lost, and it's funny because that that line in lost. Because um, I I spoke to Alex about his his grieving process and mm-hmm. and his mum passing and etc. And, and everything that he said, we we put into the lyrics. But I remember precisely about what that line is. It's um, so it's sadness always comes in waves. I'll learn to live with it someday. Although it will never truly leave, life will grow around its work around our grief and some of that came from something that tom um said about tom uh, from architects when tom passed and that's what um alex was talking about on the call and it's like what that really stuck with me and that's why it ended up in the song because it was something that dex was talking about how he was feeling about his own mum passing and it's really similar to what you just said there it's like grief will not go but life will go around it
2: yeah, um, I, I, I think it gives us a chance to grow in ways yeah, that we have may have never known before about ourselves, you know. Yeah, like maybe, these yeah. interviews that I do, these are I love doing these interviews, but it's more, or more than that. You know, if it wasn't for the music you guys put out, I wouldn't be here today. So much appreciation for everything you guys have uh, done thank for you, your man. careers. Man. Now, you know, from the different experiences and perspectives in your timelines, each of you have taken in that we have discussed about whether it's being one of the most respected and revered underground bands in the UK, the critical acclaim for the albums you put out touring the world and massive venues while sharing the stage with other notable artists, like I mentioned before, the joining of forces between you two at this point. And it still sounds like you guys have much left to put out there with the artistic vision. And this is definitely something you have a passion for. And, and you've experienced plenty in your careers, all, careers already, Ed and Paul. So let me ask you this, have your aspirations as individuals or a band, have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry? Like, do you see things differently
0: today? Oh absolutely big yeah. time when we started it was it, it, I mean it was always like a passion project It's always been a passion project if we ever didn't feel like we couldn't put out anything that was like we felt strongly about I don't think we'd be uh doing it but I think earlier earlier doors we, we were much more of a career band in terms of like this was our thing and this is what we were doing but I think now it's all sort of turned on its head a little bit like in that period where we were quiet everyone has really sorted out their sort of personal life and careers I suppose in terms of just just a way of making money through the day to be able to enable doing this and to do that means that it takes so much pressure off it and you can really just focus on the enjoyment factor and, and not have to worry about is this going to pay my bills because that is seriously stressful
2: mm-hmm.
0: shit basically so being able to take that stress away from the band just means that we can really just look at it as just a joyful thing to be doing and just following yeah, the
1: routes that we want to take I guess like um, in terms of goals and stuff as well like they do change because you achieve them you achieve goals as you go so you set new ones and I guess for us there's our, our goals now are to play places we've never played before to reach to reach new people's ears um, new. to get get to those bigger venues that we've never played because we've never had those opportunities and I really I really hope we get them now because you know I think We've done, we've done everything we can to, to put ourselves in that position. It's just—it's just sometimes it's a bit of luck, and sometimes it's a bit of the right yeah. person hearing hearing uh, your music. Yeah. Um, it, it's not straight—not straightforward. It's just been really hard working. Um, there's a lot more to it, and I just hope that we get those chances because you know, we're not—we're not, we're not young bucks anymore. And <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: I can—I can relate to that. <laughs> um, but do me a favor do not break up ever. Like, oh, uh, I, I hope, I, I know, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> like, like I said, I'm just one fan out of millions. Hey, I'm I'm someone across the pond here in the States. I'm hoping you guys can come here oh, and, come on, and put the show out say, that you guys have yeah. had. So That'd I was telling amazing. Paul, and like, let's stay connected after this interview. Um, I hope you guys yeah. book a show here in Texas. You guys will get a warm welcome. I will be sure of that. And, and uh, <laughs> um, I know mean, you guys have to go here, but uh, you guys have any, you know, last words, any shout outs, anything you'd like to plug or mention as far as, Devil Soul to Soul and Loss or anything else in between. Like I don't know if you guys are gonna do a live stream anytime. Like, is that yeah, no, something I that crossed it's... your mind now? Yeah.
1: Uh, no, I don't think it's for us necessarily. Um <laughs> I just I just want to say like thank you. And it's been a really real pleasure talking, yeah, to, you. Really um, yeah. talking to you. It's been really fun.
2: Thanks. I wish we could talk more because I yeah, like another interview. Left, so but hey, let me tell you this, like let like I said. Let's let's uh in the future come to Texas, yeah. we'll do another interview with you guys and maybe the boys who want to do it. There's actually a, we do a special unique take on our interviews. We actually give you chicken wings and give you a hot sauce level <laughs> oh. higher with each question. We actually oh read lyrics. God. We read lyrics and we make you guess to see if it's right or wrong, or, you know, which song it <laughs> is.
0: And oh, so anyway, God.
2: that's an idea now. Now you guys know <laughs> that's interview under fire, why we call ourselves that.
1: So,
2: uh let's stay in touch after this interview. Um, I'll give you guys a follow here on the socials and everyone Perfect, who's yeah. listening uh please uh buy loss if you can the bands can't do it without your help i still buy albums it's still in the corner of my room i still buy records you know comes out april 9th on nuclear Blast records you can listen to this podcast on every major podcast stream out there whatever you have check us out on interviewer interview Interviewunderfire.com. i'm trying to talk as fast as i can so i can let you go <laughs> to the <your> next interview <laughs> ed gibbs and paul green it's been such an honor you guys stay safe out there in the uk and uh let's stay in touch i'll talk to you guys soon thanks
0: so much here. man
1: thank you for all right time. man You can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or RezaBlade, that's
0: R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.